I want to pose this question to you, Brother Mike. Why do we have different titles when it comes to our relationship with God or our walk with God? Sometimes we are referred to as um, sons and daughters of God. Sometimes we refer to ourselves as servants of God. We refer to ourselves as subjects of God, sent as well. And and God as the creator, we are referring as the human species, right? So with all these ways, we identify ourselves with God. And if we go to John chapter 15, verse 15, there's an account when Jesus uh, says that I no longer call you servants. So because a servant does not know his master's business. So we see that there's a level of, 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 of relationship or an, a degree of our work with God based on um, who we are or our claims. Am I making sense in terms of yeah. we are servants? Sometimes we are from servants to sons, from sinners to saints, from human species to subjects to a king, and God is a king, right? So these are different ways we approach God as. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your take on that? So first up, first operational word you used there was uh, the way we approach God. And so that's very important. It's also distinguishable from the way God approaches us. And I think we have to understand. So, um, God sees us in different ways. God sees us as partners. God sees us as his offspring. So, when we use the word sons, it's not because the Bible is some kind of misogynist book or uh, the language or whatever it is. The interpretation is that the original uh, word would be offspring. That's why I'm using that word, offspring. Offspring is comes from the origin, the source of everything. A source of that particular person, the source of you and I, is the Lord himself. And so that's why uh, it's important that we understand that that uh, word sons is emphasizing offspring. Of course, you know, we are natural uh we're natural in expression, but supernatural in in, in reality. So uh, real reality is supernatural, spiritual. But we are expressed in the in the in the natural form, in the human form. And in the supernatural form, there is no male, no female. That's why it was very important that Paul also mentioned that in God, in Christ, a Jew nor Greek, neither male nor female. There's no there's no um, Master servant. The the distinction of mm. the concept of gender mm. only applies in the physical world. Well, but in the spiritual yeah. world, there's no concept of gender. Yeah, just the same way God is spirit, and you can't assign uh, male or female to God. You can assign masculinity and femininity. And those words are not defined necessarily in terms of what, for example, is between one's legs, right? 
mm. uh, those are words that should be taken in context that they mean uh, certain attributes and functions that are very essential uh, to understand. And so when uh, you have the attributes for masculinity, um, which is another topic we can go into later on, but I'm just saying essentially that there is no male or female. There are functions that are masculine and feminine, uh, but in, in, in the spiritual realm, there is no idea of masculine and feminine. But now when we express in the natural, that's when you now have the need for the distinguishing between the male and the female because that's how God made it and its expression of his, of his own divine intent. Um, I hope that makes somewhat of sense. But to kind of tie back to what I was saying originally was the fact that we are uh, the offspring, which is the primary importance. We come from God. And so every other thing um, follows from there because, because we are offsprings, we get to be partners. And, and, we, and from partnership, we also get to be friends. And so this is where we have all this thing. And then you could extrapolate and use different words like servant, uh, you know, uh, some cases like Paul would do bond servant of the Lord, uh, messenger of the Lord, angel of the Lord, um, you know, uh, co-laborer with Christ, things of that sort. But those are all coming from the same place. But the the origin, I would say, is uh, sonship, which is offspring, right? Uh, so basically, the main call is for us to go back to the original intent, which is or the original state that we we were as sons of God, right? Uh, ever since the fall, we had fallen short of that sonship, and so our our the Bible says in Romans chapter eight that God has pre pre destined us to be conformed to the image of you guessed it Son, His Son. So Christ became the first fruit of all of among many brethren, just to prove, just again to remind us that our original identity is sons, offspring, and because we are sons, we get to be partners and partakers in His divine nature and His divine purpose. So that's uh, what I would say. I know it's a whole, it's a whole, uh, it's a whole, it's a longer answer to. The, the two questions, but uh, these answers are packed. This answer is packed with different nuances and different things that we get to explore. Because the word sons, the word that 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 is used in the Bible, yeah, not only to apply to Christians, mm. but also to angels. Yeah, angels are sometimes referred to as sons of God. And then you have the children of Israel also claim such title. And then you have the only begotten son, mm. which is no S, singular, Jesus. Mm. Mm-hmm. Could I rightly say that unbelievers could be called sons of God? Mm. They bear the image and likeness of God and mm-hmm. and God is their creator or we should just consider them as species of the human race. Mm-hmm. So, so, so there is such a thing as so. Let's 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 
follow what Yeshua said when he was talking about how we could understand things of the spirit from the natural uh, reality. So he said, uh, well, you wouldn't understand the things of the spirit without understanding the things of, in the natural. This is paraphrase, obviously. But uh, where I'm going to with this is simple. If you could renounce uh, paternity or uh, or childhood, if you can renounce it, it's, people do things that they call emancipations, right? And so where you have what we call unbelievers are people who have effectively, um, you know, declared emancipation from their father um, or their source. And so that's why it's essential for the word to go in for, in John 1, that as many as received him, he has given that right to be called the sons of God. Uh, remember, there's two Adams, there's two men. There's the first Adam, and then there's the second Adam. The first Adam was made in the image of God, right? Second Adam is Christ, right? Now, the thing is, once men fail uh, and basically they declared independence and the word emancipation again from God, we had effectively renounced our family linkage, if you want to use. We, we, we had renounced that sonship, that source being God himself, right? Because in him, everything consists. In him, uh, everything comes from, which would again go back to say, hey, everything comes from God. He's the source. We are his sons. But once you declare independence, just as in a natural way, uh, then you lose the rights of accorded to sons. It's only until you receive Christ, then you are given the right to be called the son of God. Right? So, going back to the new creation, the new Adam, the second Adam, the one made in the image and the likeness, uh, one, the one fashioned after Christ, uh, this is where we talk about the adoption, you know. So to go back to the description about angels and what we have learned to be, have learned is called the Elohim, which are the disembodied spirits. Disembodied spirits, uh, they are called sons of God again because you would have their direct uh, makeup from God Himself, right? Unlike the descendants of Adam, descendants of Adam, right? Who would call themselves sons of Adam or some other trans, some other people would say sons of men. Uh, so uh, some mystery when Christ himself would identify himself as the son, son of, of man. man. Exactly. So, but after the resurrection, um, after you know, the rebirth or the new creation is what I would say. Then you are having direct uh, offspring uh, from God himself, not from anything of the old Adam. And that's why Paul also say it's necessary for a thing to, well, Jesus has said the same thing too, obviously, uh, that it's necessary for something to die. Um, 
and then it gets re- resurrected. So the, the 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 seed goes to the ground, is buried, right, and then comes out. She just said that first. So it it, it comes out and germinates. So uh, when we are putting on a new creation, the old things are dying. The old things have died. That's why Paul goes, "No longer I do I live, as Christ that lives, because I have died to my old self." I have rejected and renounced my paternity with the first Adam. Now my paternity is renewed to what it was supposed to be, which is God himself. So again, it's a long round to answer uh, that question about unbelievers. If you Yes, if you say that they are from God to why, how come we can't say they are sons of God again? It goes back to the same thing of of. Uh, basically the opposite of adoption. They have renounced uh, paternity, um, consciously or unconsciously. Some of them have not known about the, the message of, of the, the message of reconciliation, which is saying, hey, let us c- come back to the Father. And so this is why, uh, again, the scripture goes, he has entrusted into us the word of reconciliation. So we have been sent out to reconcile the world back to the Father, meaning restoring people back to what the original uh, source of theirs or has been, right? 